everybody, welcome back to uh, yet another world building episode. Uh, this is the, I think it's the fourth one we've done in July. This is uh, <laughs> four weeks on the on the trot here. Um, we are going to be today looking at the third uh, or the gold set of prompts in World Anvil's Summer Camp 2021 event. And for this event, uh, this event episode, I'm, uh, it's already going well. <laughs> I'm joined by Eden. Hello, hello. How's it going? All good, aside from boiling and battling with the uh, the urge to melt into a pool of human mush. Oh yeah, I I feel that. <laughs> I've uh, I'll, I'll give a heads up right now for for you listeners. Um, I've it's it's an incredibly hot day here, and I've had to have the windows of my studio open. So there's going to be maybe a little bit of background noise um, because I'm basically right next to a road, and that and but look the the other option is I die of heat stroke. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's not much of a choice. I think yeah. we'd rather have a podcast, wouldn't we? Not a lot I can do. I mean, I'm looking at the waveforms now, and you can just see where the wind's blowing, where the microphone's picking it up, which is not ideal, but, yeah, well. See how much it comes through. Yeah, it should be okay. I can't hear anything on this call, but that's not indicative of anything. No. Somebody will have to tell us. Yeah. Well, anyway, yeah, that, that, that's, your, that's your warning up top here, that um, there may be some background noise, but... Um, yeah, as I say, today we are looking at the gold prompts from uh, the Summer Camp 2021 event. Um, I mean, should we just dive right into them? I mean, this is um, this is yeah. the, the third set of ten prompts. There is actually a, a fourth prompt drop happening. The final prompt, the I think what they call it, the uh, the diamond prompt, which is just one prompt, but that's going out next Friday, which is okay. after an episode would be released so i don't know if we're going to do that one on with an episode um but yeah so this is the, this is the final big batch um uh, we'll do what we did last time listeners um uh, we'll just quickly run through them make a maybe make a couple of comments and then we'll go back through and uh any that really jump out at us we will uh yeah we will go into uh into further depth so uh, a building associated with crime or justice mm-hmm I mean, we haven't really done anything too much like that. I mean, you guys in that first, um, those first couple of story arcs did go to like the Erevale town watch, like slash jail house, but yeah. yeah. I don't feel like there was any kind of overarching sense of like, this is part of a structured law system or anything like that. It was just like, this is the local place Mm. where the drunks get chucked on a Friday night sometimes, (laughs) that kind of thing. Well, this is the thing, it says a building, so maybe we don't need, it doesn't need to be like a, you know, a type of building, it can be the legitimately just be like, it's the Aravale Jail kind of yeah. thing. Maybe, you know, we'll go back to where we began. Mm-hmm. Uh, a renowned pirate highwayman or other criminal. <laughs> I oh, mean, we've got a renowned pirate in the game already. We do already, and uh, as I was saying before, before we press record, it's a shame that I already started the article on Pete Smiles because um, yeah, that means I can't oh, submit it to this. So um, we'll come up. We we'll maybe come up with another pirate. Well, it doesn't mean there isn't space for another highwayman or something like that. Yeah, or maybe Pete Smiles is greatest rival. Mm. Oh, <laughs> Smiles rules the seas. Somebody rules the land. Jeremy frowns. Um. <laughs> I th- I'm into that. Yeah. Just on broad strokes. <laughs> uh, well, we'll come back to it then. Um, uh, a unit or squad who guards an important person. I've already kind of got an article for like the Royal Guard, mm-hmm. um, but maybe we can sort of talk about like the Royal Guard of like the Dwarven King or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, figure out the specifics of like a given retinue or something. Yeah, 
Um, I mean, it's just as one squad or whatever, so it'd be like the elite guards or whatever, and it's sort of an important person. It doesn't even need to be like a government person, really, I suppose, could it? But yeah, just yeah. somebody that needs to be guarded, and well, it, it really get that you can get in some weird stuff with that, where it could be like, what if it's a feudal warlord, and how does he train his men to be loyal compared <laughs> to the nobleman, or how would a wizard have a retinue compared to the rest of them? Like, I, I think there's a lot of scope for mm. different types of groups there. Yeah. Uh, a settlement known as a pleasure town or for louche behaviour. Um, Shadow Run, we'd just be putting in directly yeah. to my um, <laughs> We're going to come up with the Las Vegas of, um, of our setting. That, that, I think that one might be quite fun. We'll bring up the map for that and pick a place that's got a fun name and be like, yeah, this is, where the, this is the party town. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> my mind is already going wild with the potential of magic and what could go on with that kind of stuff in combination with pleasure towns and whatever. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, so, yeah, that one's, I think there's a little scope there. Um, uh, a brave hero who hides a secret past. Oh. I mean, yeah, again, so much scope there. Yep. Um, the next one, I think we actually, because I, ha- I know for a fact I haven't started an article on it. Um, the next one is a romancer, paramour, or other amorous individual. I thought maybe we could write about um, that guy that Prontz scammed into painting him. Um, who was well, basically- he was... Yeah, he was trying to put himself across as something of a Lothario type character. Well, yeah, wasn't he, was, he was like putting on the accent to like put the moves on some girls in that in that pub. So, like, it doesn't say a successful romancer. Oh the, yeah, in the prompt. <laughs> what was well, that guy's name? Fashion. I mean. Yeah, what was his name? Oh, now that's asking a question. We're gonna have to get the, the episode description up in front of us or something. I would expect I'm, I'm it's been a while. Yeah, scanning through my head. Riang, was that it? That's close. I, I I think that might be it, but I'm something in my brain's like it's it's close, but it's yeah. not clicking. Yeah, we'll, we'll see. Well, anyway, I, th- I thought we could write about that guy for that one because um, it fits as like a sort of like he's a, him being a well known sort of. I mean, it was even established in the episode that like yeah, everyone in the pub knew what his deal was. So maybe <laughs> he's like a well known local thing of like oh yeah, that guy you're always trying different schemes and things. Arousing um, constantly. Yeah. <laughs> um, next one: a large business corporation or trade guild. Um, okay. This is something. Yeah, we haven't really touched too much on this kind of thing, have we? Um, in terms of yeah, codifying a certain kind of like here's the businesses, here's the names of them. I think we've given the the broad outline of that kind of thing where we've talked previously about uh, the mining town in particular. Oh uh, yeah, the one that's yeah. On, right on the edge of um, the wastes. Where oh, I was thinking, thing- um, sorry, the Dwarven town, although I guess that was, me, that was Amy and I talking about um, Shalefast, because there's the Dwarven Trade Guild, who basically run okay. it. Um, well, there, there's, there's two potential rival industries, then, after a fashion. Yeah. Like, not even necessarily rival, they could be part of the same network, but... Mm. Yeah. yeah, well, anyway, that's a, that's a couple of possibilities. Uh, a vital trade resource that supports a settlement or region... Um, I mean, this could be anything, really. It could be like, this is this is cheese country, you know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this, this is it. the place where the carrots grow best, that yeah. kind of thing. Um, I mean, it doesn't necessarily mean to be a mining thing or whatever. Um, well, resources are, the, yeah, that's that's broad. Human yeah. resources? I mean, in, in D&D Human terms, resources. would it be a place where it's like, hey, everybody's very fertile around here, so this is where <laughs> we raise the armies from? <laughs> That's a, that's a twist on it. I hadn't really thought. I mean, would you consider humans a trade resource, though? Depends on what kind of a horrible leader you've got. 
I mean, we're living in some pretty bleak times where numbers and statistics are up in the air. So oh. I can see that, like, during more brutal times, yeah, the guy that can look at things and be like, I understand the nature of man, and thus I can manipulate it. And thus I have figured out that this place produces more able-bodied men for armies than any other. And thus I have decreed that this place shall be the place where I take my men from and what have you. <laughs> like, I could see that being yeah, played out on the right kind of amoral at best kind of leader i mean i was thinking more along the lines of like tying it into the next prompt of like having like a special type of tree or something um because the next prompt is where we go yeah (laughs) an industrial mining logging or other production settlement i mean we've come up with one or two of these already um so i mean this is just i think another case of like let's point at the map and go what does this town do you know what's their specialty Uh, and then the final prompt uh, a title which cannot be bought, only earned. Well, that's, I mean, again, like, the, the obvious thought is the good side of that, where it's, it's you've carried out a deed, you've earned a position, you've mm. got a place in society. But then the opposite side of that could be that you've earned a title, which means that you'll be welcomed nowhere. A title that means that you must be cursed to wander the lands or something because you did a thing. Or maybe you were born under the wrong moon and somebody said, nope, that, that one... That's that's the name for that one. He's a wrong one. Yeah. yeah. Well, as that's the last one, then let's dig a bit deeper into this one. Then, um, I mean, my mind went first of all to like, like the winner of a grand tournament or something. Mm-hmm. Um, like maybe it's part of. Um, I mean, we've talked a little. We've talked about like different festivals a couple of times, but like perhaps there's some sort of like local specific festival in one of the larger cities which is no, well known as like this is the this is the grand melee only you know everyone comes here you know the best warriors come here to test their strength and that and um yeah against against all who would face them and it, no, i'm not talking like you know they all come there and murder each other um it, it's the classic grand tournament kind yeah, of setup, yeah. I think. and you're not going to win it you know people come from all over not necessarily just in like Valana, like it's well known as like no, this is where you know at least in the region you know you get people from Ashala or coming from other places in the south or whatever. It's like oh no, this is the greatest gathering in the in the lands of you know strong, capable warriors and that. So the fact that it is such a widespread thing, you know, widespread sort of reach means that, you know, it is tougher to sort of, you can't really buy your way to the top because who knows who's going to turn up and put their, you know, put their sword in the ring sort of thing. You know, you have like to be it. the best. I like it, but how's this for an idea, just for broadening the scope a little bit? Because mm. I feel like the Grand Tournament is like, it's it's a it's a classic thing. Like, it's something that actually did happen. So, like, it, it has its place 100%. But I like the idea of, like, could we expand this to other trades at the same time? So it could be like this is part of a festival where it would be this is deciding the greatest of the last year in all things. So you could have the greatest warrior and that's the grand tournament. Yeah. But then you could have the greatest farmer. And it's it's a basically one part of the festival is this massive tournament. One part of it is the giant farmer's market where the guy's got a giant marrow. <laughs> and you've got another part where it could be the most beautiful woman in the land or the woman that's bore the most children or there's something along those lines in terms of like what's the greatest magical achievement you could have magician uh, not magicians but wizards sorry or other magic types being like 
here is the new twist on a spell that I've created, and they're trying to get the kind of recognition as like, here's the most innovative wizard of the current age kind of thing. Are you thinking almost like a kind of World's Fair type thing then? Yeah, yeah. Like a, a kind of general, like, society comes together in one place to some extent, or at least a certain amount of local society could come together to be like, hey, we're, we're going to kind of renew our competition for the next year, because that's what part of it would be in terms of the social structure that, like, when it started, perhaps there wasn't as much competition, but year on year, bigger and bigger marrows, stronger and stronger fighters, that kind of thing. And that the people in charge can see, like, this is healthy, this this helps us, this is a very useful thing to have this kind of the champion of champions for all things, because everybody in our different villages, they might not see each other all the time, but they're quietly competing against each other, they're thinking about it all the time. How, how, would, how, would, you, how would you think then that maybe it's not an annual event, maybe this is something that's like built up to as like which makes the title even more sort of mm. kind of thing so Probably maybe it's every five like years or something like yeah. a, one, once a decade once a generation perhaps once to be a decade, decide, like, the grand exhibition or something yeah and it might not even necessarily be at exactly the same time every 10 years but it's sort of like oh we're approaching 10 years that means the lord of the land is likely to call for the grand exhibition yeah because he wants to review what his people have been doing was this title then high champion of the grand mm. exhibition like if, if if we're thinking that the sort of warrior thing is going to be quite a big i mean like you say it's going to be a big event anyway and there's sort of people who aren't going to be you know there's going to be quite sort of niche little things where there's, there's people who turn up going i'm only here to see what the biggest dog is yeah that kind but of then thing. yeah but the big draw for the crowds really is maybe this sort of grand tournament of thing you know where heroes and anti-heroes and you know people who shouldn't be messed with all turn up and you know so, so maybe that's the biggest part of it is this mm. thing which is why the sort of the grand champion of the the champion of the grand exhibition or whatever is like such a important title you know because that's sort of basically that that's going to guarantee you sort of renown and hero status essentially for life kind of yeah thing. I'm, I'm trying to think of like I, I feel like there would be something in potentially giving it a noble tone that, that if this is a title that's going to be applied to any given trade that the the sense of the nobleman has bestowed this upon me I am now not necessarily nobility but akin to mm. would be the kind of like social value for any of this as much as the kind of recognition and what have you. So what's you know, like a load? Really the, um, yeah. oh, you're made a knight if you're not already one. By winning it, yeah, and it's not necessarily like I, I, my mind goes to things like the the Lord of War, the the Lady of Farms, or something like that. But it, that's too broad. I, I feel like a specific word would probably be the better fit for it. Mm. But what that word would be, I'm not. Well, sure. one day, I, I'm 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 sort of thinking that like not every event is going to have the same title. This is sort of so the the fact that like the combat part is such a big you know it's the big draw. That's the main the big thing. Mm. that's the one the the winner of that is you know may, maybe that's the draw of it as well maybe part of being the winner is not just the renown of like i won that but like as part of winning you are knighted you're made a knight of the realm or whatever mm. so that's a that's a draw for people who are trying to maybe escape a lower you know from who who are you're trying to claw their way up to the ranks of society whatever <laughs> Yeah, it would just depend on how many people are involved, because I'm just thinking on, te on a 10-year scale, if you've got like seven different villages from surrounding areas, 
then within like 70 years you're going to have quite a lot of sirs and ladies oh no i'm talking like this is a one big event called by the king you know and people come from oh, okay. all over right so the entire ah right right that, yeah so that makes sense then because then it would only be that like the top of each region would be able to even travel and afford yeah. the time to be able to try this to, yeah, to yeah, try yeah. and take a swing at no nobility yeah i wasn't thinking like a little ground. local event i was thinking like this is a big okay you know hence why I'm, it's every I'm, 10 I'm years flicking between the two where it's sort of like i can see the regional version of this but i could also see where you're coming from where it's like yeah the the king side where it's like okay yeah you you actually will be made a lord or lady of the land or a sir or whatever a dame whatever well, term it is that we come up with well but well, perhaps um, there are regional versions about like maybe not all in one event but like you know a village or whatever or, or a regional will sort of hold like a smaller kind of event and then you know the winners go on to not in like an official like you got to do this to get in but like this is a sort of a sort of separate event that is close enough to it that this is seen as like a, if I win in that I've got a chance in the you know yeah in the big one sort of thing no, my mind immediately goes to all kinds of terrible reality television to be <laughs> honest with that kind of setup. But, which is not a bad thing because it is like that just proves the legitimacy of the concept like it is the way that these things are handled I mean to bring it back to the prompt then I mean I think just champion of the grand grand exhibition I think I mean, yep. we don't need to be more flowery than that, you know. We don't need to add too much more into that, you know, because that—that's sort of like, that's an exclusive enough title. Like, there is only one grand exhibition every ten years, and if you're the champion, let's say you're not only knighted, but you're kind of then the reputation boost. Anything mm -hmm. you know, you want to do in terms of like, you're pretty much guaranteed as like, if you're a mercenary, you can triple your prices and people will pay it. You know. Yeah, yeah. You've just gained stature and yeah. yeah. You just no, sort I of, like it. yeah, renowned as like, look, that's that ultimate badass. Sort of thing. <laughs> I don't know, yeah, but that, then again, I like the idea of the grand exhibition as like a big thing of like, like you say, the, there's stuff, there's something for every kind of discipline of like, oh, this is where the best of the best and everything come together to show off yeah. and compete, and you know, and perhaps it's seen as like a sort of, you know, it's it's almost like a business opportunity. Like if you if you think you can compete, you take your wears or your skills there and there's going to be somebody who notices you and, and things like you know even if you don't win the fact that you made it there it's going to be it's going to open doors for you sort of thing yeah 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 that's cool 100 percent not the prompt but <laughs> it's in a broad in a, in, we've gone around the prompt yes. and kind of come back to it ultimately like to, we've mean, got to have a reason to earn the title and that's what we kind of lean towards there i think yeah uh, that means i just need to write a write an article about the event now which it's not good <laughs> don't talk about the event um you know <laughs> it's gonna, well, um, it needs to be a quick little thing basically pointing to like here the, oh, the yeah. concept of the best of the best uniting in one place to prove it mm. i guess yeah um i like that then that, that i think is one to, to 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 go for um working our way back then do we want to uh jump into like an industrial settlement um and oh. we don't have to hit every single one of these um personally this is one that i feel like you and i because we have extensively talked about like mining operations and that mm. kind of stuff at different points I, I feel like this is perhaps one of the few that i could easily say we could move past but if you've got any yeah, ideas, no i'm happy to move past as well and and the trade resource really to be honest um yeah because again i think amethyst isles we we talked at length about like i mean ultimately that's yeah. that's us having discussed a trade resource at length and like, not even that long ago really yeah i mean if anything i could write these two articles based on that 
crystal mine that we talked about last time. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, I mean there was there was especially the underwater. Um, Oh, why, oh, the, golem, the, the crystal golems. golems. Yeah, the, the the crystal golems. I feel like that was a pretty unique factor to it. Yeah, I mean, I don't. Yeah, I don't know how I'll, I'll move that into the industrial settlement kind of thing. I'll have to go back and re-listen to what we talked about. But the idea, like you said, that it was like a sort of um, sort of people come there to make their their money in that, and there is money to be made and things, and it's a mm. unique resource. And that. I, I, yeah, I mean, yeah, listeners go back and listen to the, that one where we talked about the amethyst isles. It wasn't too far back in the feed. Um, but yeah, I think that, that covers those two, I think. Um, cool. So this, a, a large business corporational trade guild, um, as I say, I kind of am leaning towards this, the dwarven trade guild as a sort yeah. of concept. Um, I, one thing in the um, sort of, on our world and world page, and the setting in general, really, that I don't think we've really fleshed out enough is sort of well, a dwarven society. I mean, we've kind of t- touched on elves and things a fair amount. Mm-hmm. Um, still, a lot to be done there, but like I feel like we've talked more about that than dwarves, despite bringing up, but you know, despite Amy and I f- fleshing out a whole dwarf sort of town, the kind of structure of sort of ha- how the trade guild and things operate and that is something i've kind of in my head thought like i've, I've said yeah there's the dwarven trade guild they're very powerful but then that's about as far as i've gone <laughs> kind of thing yeah um so well, i mean how, how heavily do you want to lean towards or away from uh established tropes is the thing because dwarves i feel are very kind of like they're in a fairly narrow niche these days in terms of like i think it was on a penance thing that i listened to recently joking about the fact that dwarves are all scottish now that that's that's just kind of the rule that <laughs> and it's slowly happened over the course of a variety of video games basically setting the standard for it as well as lord of the rings a little bit yeah um i think world of warcraft's a big um a big culprit there mm, um 100%. i mean i personally try and lean away from that to be honest mainly because i can't do a very good scottish accent but like I mean, it, just for the fact it's cl- a bit cliched at this point. Um, yeah. I mean, ironically enough, uh, Nikolai's excuse when tested on that was that he is Scottish and that he can't do any other accent. So it's kind of like we fall on the <laughs> other side. So let's find English dwarves. <laughs> well, no, I mean, what was the first NPC, the very first NPC on this podcast was a dwarf <laughs> with an Irish accent. Very um, true, yeah. Because, you know, accent doesn't isn't determined by, you know, your species <laughs> it's... i feel like in media terms like a, a regional accent gives a kind of implicit like just a salt of the earth kind of thing is what it's mm. used for most of the time where it's, it's a really lazy shorthand that has like colored a lot of people's imaginations i think you know in a kind of inadvertent way where now in their heads yeah dwarves are scottish and all noblemen are snooty people with posh english accents that kind of stuff like mm. So yeah, we could really swing for the fences. Um, yeah, I mean, I think I even I don't think I've done a well, I, you know, just just in general principle about not being able to do it very well. <laughs> I haven't really done any. I mean, we've. I suppose I'm thinking back over like the sort of the mountain climbing, one shot thing, and other storylines and things. We haven't really done any Scottish dwarves. I think I maybe had one as a brief NPC in the more recent story arc who was in the cheese wheel rolling competition uh, yeah. but even then like you know that's that's one guy sort of thing 
Well, knowing um, so many Scottish people as we do, like the largest part of me is just like, I'm, I'm not, I'm not going to bring that thunder. Yeah. I'm not going to open my mouth and try a Scottish accent. I've, I've said me? that a few, like, yeah, a few times and in different places. I'm like, look, I don't, <laughs> I don't need any disapproving looks from my friends. <laughs> If a, a bad, you know, I, I've heard a lot of what I thought were very passable Scottish accents in media, and then I hear people's reaction to them like, "Oh fuck, my my ear is not trained clearly. <laughs> I I can't recognise the difference between a good one and a bad one, so I should just steer away." Well, it's that thing of like you watch TV shows and it's um or whatever, and then like uh, I mean, this is again generalising, but like if you if you ask like an American to do an English accent, they're going to do either very posh or Cockney. Um, and it always, it never quite sounds right, ever. Uh, I do like it though, and it never bores me to hear a good Dick Van Dyking, quite frankly. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, hello there, Mary Poppins. How you doing? Up the apples and pears, me old governor. <laughs> oh, fucking hell, yeah, well, no, okay. but my point is, like, we know when it's not been done right, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, um, to get back on the door, yes. though. <laughs> so anyway, yes, there's a, a, yeah. Uh, I, I want to talk about the Dwarven Trade Guild, I think, with this. as like a kind of quite powerful sort of force within the Dwarven society. It's like almost like they're not government, but like they they run whole towns and, and not in like a sinister kind of like this is a company town way. This is just sort of seems like, well, no, this is the way it is. It's the Trade Guild. You know, they are the, like, who else would we be working for kind of thing? It's interesting that they use the term corporation in between large business and trade guild because I wouldn't really associate the notion of a corporation with a D&D style fantasy setting but I think that the organised nature of dwarves and the traditions and all that kind of stuff could lead quite nicely into a kind of corporate mindset even if it even if corporatism isn't really mm. a word to be used within a fantasy setting like that um where you could have things like trade licenses cl- classic stuff like that where it's like yeah they control the industry and like you yeah. say that they don't necessarily like they don't own the shops but if you don't have the right stamp on your gold ingot then nobody's gonna take your gold ingot that, oh, that's, yeah, yeah. That, that's 100% what i'm thinking they're they're not like you say they're not owning the businesses but everybody if you want to trade, you've got to be a member of the guild. So, you know, dwarves are, you know, they own their own businesses and that and whatever, but like you say, if they're not a member of the trade guild, they're going to have trouble selling their wares to other dwarves at least. It might be that, like, you know, sell it to humans. Humans will buy anything. But it's it's mm. a sort of, it's a mark of, like, legitimacy within dwarven society. Of, like, Yeah. I was already thinking along the lines of Mark that, like, we, I feel like having something like a symbol or something that is the recognised, like, the dwarven mark of quality or something. It's like the <laughs> Nintendo seal of of approval, that that kind of thing. Where it's like, in in the real world, we have these things. I'm trying to think of a good one right now because it feels like it was something that died out a little while ago, where brand trustability is not yeah. really quite what it used to be. I, I, I definitely it, know what you're talking about. Though. This they, is the mark of quality, like, yeah. You bought it from Marks and Spencers, so we mm. know it's good. <laughs> or even like even go as far as brand names kind of thing. Like Um I'm sure, you know, the reality of the situation is any number of products are made by any number of smaller factories and things for a big company. But you you trust it because it's got like the Sony brand on it or whatever, you know. Um exactly. there isn't one giant Sony factory, is what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, it's, um, it's just this is the stamp of approval that says, "Yep, Sony, Sony, Sony gave them the schematics. It's up to their standard." Boom, there you yeah, go. Yeah, yeah. I mean, so I just pulled Sony out of nowhere for that, but you know what I mean—that sort of thing of like you trust it as a brand name, 
kind of thing as like a, well they make quality products and you know without having to think further about like sort of these components came from here these components came from here these you know or whatever um but i mean that, that i mean brand name slightly different than a sort of guild mark but like yeah i know exactly what you mean. well what's that what's that thing like that sort of um for, for like contractors and things there's like a sort of oh i do know what you're talking about i read yeah. something very recently oddly enough um but see i mean it's your kind of your qualification almost it's yeah 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 i'm trying to think of i the can't right remember term. the name of it but yeah like a sort of a sort of mark that says like no we we've we've evaluated this you know person and their business and are happy to put our seal of approval on on it kind of thing but then on the other side of things i'm thinking that this is a guild so you they do you know there is a sort of thing of like well if you want to open a business you join the guild you pay your guild things your, your guild fees and that which isn't 100% going to be a shakedown there is going to be like benefits to it aside from like well yeah now <laughs> because you've joined people will now trade with you you know you will have you know if something goes wrong in terms of sort of i don't know the, the guild will have your back in terms of like kind of um any hostile takeover attempts or whatever and yeah i don't know there, there, there's there's um benefits that come with membership that's what i'm thinking yeah it's it's not a racket but it's certainly like you're either in or you're definitely out yeah yeah exactly i wish i could remember the name of the i don't know if we actually came up with a name but when we talked previously on one of these world building ones we were talking about the notion of there being a black market network running down the rivers and mm. that one of the particular settlements um kind of operated like as one of the ferrying points let's say one of the places that where things are dropped off and loaded up that kind of stuff that perhaps this would be the black market of this world where we've got where we're now establishing like so the dwarves have probably kind of like cornered the market on approvals let's say they're they're, they're the only ones at this point that anybody trusts to say thumbs up or thumbs down on a given product but there are people that are always going to fall outside of that that either didn't want to or couldn't fall in line with their rules and regulations and they're still going to try and sell their stuff and that yeah that would just justify that that smugglers network a little bit in my yeah, mind. I'm, yeah. I'm just putting puzzle pieces together here like okay well it maybe a like a, world. a part of a criminal enterprise is like hey we can provide counterfeit guild approval seals and things to put on merchandise Oh, maybe I, I, my mind's immediately just thinking, what would the, the design be? I mean, if it's dwarven, maybe some like bearded face or something. But on on this counterfeit version, there's going to be something slightly like... off about it. Like <laughs> my mind immediately went to the cliche of like two crossed hammers or something. But like, <laughs> I mean, the, that, I mean, that's yeah. <laughs> just throwing extra stuff out there is just like that, that's a little bit of imagination fuel of like, yeah, it'd be, I could. Spend a little while thinking up a funny little symbol to then subvert it to have it where it's like, okay, this looks very serious, but then they've done something to alter it where it's like, I don't know, the, the, it's a dwarven face with a black eye or some, something like that, where it's just like they're, they're little, doing a little yeah. stab, a little nudge towards them going like, yeah, we've copied your rubbish and we think we can get away with this too because we're that kind of, I don't know. Well, I was thinking all of the kind of like, like you say, there's people, maybe there's dwarves who got forced out of the guild or whatever for not following the rules or whatever um but because i would think there would be quite strict rules for like you know you can't be you know they're quite they're on the up and up sort of thing and it reflects poorly on everyone if 
you know, there's um, dwarves, you know, committing fraud and scamming people, whatever, you know. So yeah, there's yeah. ones who have been forced out of the guild who want to keep trading and whatever. So this is the black market thing of like, no, we can get you your counterfeit, like, you know, approval seals or whatever. And the seal is such a, I've seen as like such an unimpeachable thing mm. that, you know, no one's looking into it. They're just looking for the seal kind of thing. My, my mind always just goes to silly stuff. You know me, but I'm just thinking <laughs> of like the idea of it being like, okay, so there's a pie maker in a town and he said that he had the greatest pork pies ever. And it turned out one day somebody saw him catching pigeons. And that was the day <laughs> that the seal was removed from the top of those pies. And he had to move to one of those crappy backwater towns. And he still sells his pigeon pies, his pork pies, but everybody's kind of aware of his past and it's yeah. uh, it ain't really working. And it's like that kind of thing. Like his business was growing and he was well known. And then this came out and he was disavowed by the guild. And now any upstanding dwarf who believes in the, the, the guild is not giving him their business anymore. Yeah, he had a stamp for putting on the top of the pastry, but that stamp was torn away from him. Guild approved. And he's still all yeah. these years later, that kind of thing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I like it. But yeah, the, the, this idea of the guild as a whole is like a sort of seen as a bit of an unimpeachable sort of seal of quality by not, I mean, it's obviously spread over the centuries to like, for dwarves, it's kind of like quite sort of, you know, sacrosanct and like you don't question it sort of thing. Like, oh, they're in the trade guild. You know, they've got to be fine sort of thing but it's kind of spread as this sort of seal of kind of quality of like okay well you know this is guild approved stuff you know yeah. this has got to be good stuff to like humans and things i mean and this is you know this is gonna be any type of business sort of thing yeah exactly and it's, it's kind of like they've they've cornered the market on as i say approval hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, they've just it's, become the authority yeah yeah i mean and, and to the point where like the the head of the guild is maybe on the quite high up on the, the the dwarf king's council as well because he's got to have their approval oh yeah and things like he rules but like you know oh, the, king, the king would have to be interested in guild affairs in terms of just like he needs to know whether mm. the country is operating correctly whether they have the right resources coming in and out that kind of stuff yeah for sure so yeah i mean he's got i mean he's probably the the on a practical scale i'm kind of thinking that you know the king doesn't just sit on his throne all day he's probably quite well invested in businesses and things as well sort of thing i mean maybe he does just sit on his throne all day but he is quite well invested so he's got you know um you know what i'm trying to say he's got a vested interest in like well no i need to keep the, the trade guild on side they are the backbone of our society sort of thing when it comes to commerce and everything yeah i think we're kind of dancing around it i, I think this is yeah I'm, I'm quite happy with this as a sort of concept of like this sort of big entity that's kind of you may be not seeing guild like enforcers or whatever but it's this kind of unspoken thing of like oh no you've got to be in the guild sort of thing what have we come up with a name though have we come up with like a definite a definitive like this is the name of the group because i feel like the the dwarven trade guild is perhaps a little broad mm. but at the same time this is very broad so i mean um evaluators comes to mind dwarven the evaluators the dwarven the high evaluators um well i want it to i mean because it's a guild though this is the thing i'm kind of like evaluators sort of i mean that is, is obviously something that they do you know they are you know people who do have to have but you know they have to check out to be a member you know and they need to keep a certain standard but it is still a guild so everyone who's in it is in it sort of thing you know 
Um, so maybe, I mean, but rather than sort of focusing on that, which is obviously a big thing of what they do, they are, you know, I wanted it to be more of a sort of wider kind of kind of name um, to, you know, to sort of imply that, you know, this is, this is the the majority, you know, of sort of of dwarf kind of artisans and any kind of business owner you're a member, sort of thing, or you're dealing with members. So would would you say then that this is like a guild above guilds? That this is the overarching yeah. kind of authority then? Yeah, basically. I mean, it's tough to come up with a name, really, because I mean, like, like I say, I've been I've just in my head been calling it the Dwarven Trade Guild, but like like you said, that that's a bit broad and. That it, it's it just like a on, sort of depends on how authoritative you want it to sound because i like my mind goes to like the absolute guild that they are the absolute above all and that all matters eventually come to the absolute guild because that's where decisions are made that you mm. can have your your inner groups you could have your glass makers guild your armor makers guild whatever yeah but that eventually things will come to them um, I don't know if I like the word and phrasing. No, is it sound, absolute guilt? Just sounds it's it's yeah, it's, it's a bit stern. it's yeah. strong. It's, it's got that feeling of like nah, you you don't mess with the absolutes. The over guild. The over guild. Yeah. Yeah. Well, maybe not. Dad. Maybe not even guild in the title. I don't. I don't. Yeah. This is a. I'm always tough at coming up with names on the spot. To be honest, but I mean. I always end up going very broad. Like my mind just goes to things like the authority, yeah. which is just as as broad as it could possibly be. But that's quite sinister sounding. It is as well. Like all all of the ones that I come up with are like, okay, so this is like the the slightly less moralistically clean version, where it's like, really, you want there to be some kind of historic event or something that usually is like the found the, there is the founding individual, the person that codified the laws, the one that was like the exemplar of being able to like. I, I suppose be a a merchant um, diplomat after a fashion that that would be kind of their role to begin with would be settling those disputes. So there is a certain amount of like it, it's it's not a court or is it a court? <laughs> it's it's <laughs> there's a lot we could sort of like yeah the way it's structured that would dictate a great deal of the way that it's kind of viewed and the way it would want to then present itself. I'm kicking around like as a sort of thing as like this is the I don't want to say, I'm thinking of the foundation, but then that's that's a totally different thing. That's a sci-fi thing. That's an Asimov thing. The foundation series, yeah. Yeah, but I mean, or like the bedrock guilt. No, but I mean, that's just Flintstones. I mean... <laughs> oh, damn, my mind just went straight to, like, everything just went straight into Flintstones cliche. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yabba dabba do is what the seal is. Um <laughs> Um, yeah, they, they like trained lizard people, <laughs> which can also speak and occasionally let people know that it's, it's a living. living. <laughs> oh god! Oh, this, how did the Flintstones last for years? When oh, we seem to have like the one note is literally like we've just covered it in about three minutes. There, if that. That's basically yeah. I don't know. Look, I guess look, there was less stuff. Um. <laughs> Oh, let me think. Oh, I'm racking my brain. For a name, but like, as in like a kind of, where I was thinking with like foundation is like, if this is the foundation of our, the way, our way of doing things. The, um, the stone foundation. I don't know. No, that's, 
Hmm. I feel like it would want to be something to do with measurements or setting limits on things. That it's <laughs> Department of Weights and Measures. <laughs> well, that's what comes to mind straight away. Yeah. It's just like, I mean, that's ultimately what their purpose would be, is like yeah. if they're a, a trade corporation that's deciding whether goods are fit for sale, then... Well, it's kind of part, uh, part of that, like, part like Company's House, part like... Hmm. Yeah... I feel like we're spending a lot of time trying to think of a name here. Um, yeah, yeah, and my mind goes to all these terrible, like, Britishisms, like, yeah. the really bland, horrible things like the Trade Authority and st- stuff like that. It's just, like, it just sounds dull and horrible. Yeah. I think there's, there's something to think. Okay, I'll keep thinking out, outside of um, outside of the episode. Let, let's move on to something. We, we've got the basic concept there, I think. If anybody, I'll throw this out there. I mean, you can always edit this out if you disagree. But if anybody's got an idea on that, I'm, I'd be interested to hear yeah, it. Yeah, if you've come up with an interesting name for a trade guild, then best of luck. Let us know on the on the Discord server. Let, let's do a mid episode Discord server plug. Yeah, we don't get these very often. Um, yeah, join us on Discord. We talk about we talk about all kinds of things, and we have a world building channel on there. You can get involved and um, give us your thoughts on these things. Um, yeah, there's a whole bunch of different stuff going off on the Discord. Yeah, yeah. Join um, us for different games and you get to it by there's a link in the bio of our Twitter page, and if you don't really use Twitter or whatever, you can go to uh, the contact page on our Podbean site at pretendingwithdice.podbean.com. Um, there we go. Slightly professional. Yeah, that's, that's possibly the smoothest promotion that's ever occurred on this podcast. <laughs> this is all I need to do. We need to crank the heat up so my brain doesn't start throwing in other stuff and be like, no, just do the promo. Get on with it. <laughs> I don't have time for secondary thoughts. I'm just yeah. on one track right now. <laughs> it's too it's too hot to worry. <laughs> um, okay, so uh, well, the, moving back up the list then. Uh, a romance, a paramour, or other amorous individual. Um yeah, I mean, I want to write about that Rian guy. I think he was a kind of funny character that I kind of pulled out of nowhere. Um, yes, yeah, the the infamous portrait artist yeah. who drew fronts <laughs> while he had Apollonia covering his parts. I mean, so much of that stuff where you guys went into that village was like that, that city, like um, is some of my favourite stuff. But it really was a case of like, oh, oh, we're going in the city. Okay, ah, uh, shit. Like every single person you ran into was me going, oh, it would be funny. And that was about my. <laughs> that was about as far as my pre-planning went. Was two seconds before being like, "Ah, oh, is this guy?" Like, <laughs> that was definitely a session where I, with hindsight, if I if I'm honest with myself, I feel like I I pointed us for the bushes a couple of times, yeah. and thankfully we stuck the landing quite nicely. <laughs> <laughs> well, that guy, I think I gave, um, I gave you a few options because you'd got left alone in the pub, mm-hmm. um, when Enade and Bork went to the shop. And oh, yeah. I gave you a few options of different people to talk to. Um, I'm trying to think because it, it was a couple of years ago, obviously, at this point we recorded that. But I think another I option, there, there was a pair of elves who were kind of hunched over a map and you, you kind of botched a charisma check to sort oh, of yeah. persuade I, I them to... I kind of went up and went, what's on the map, guys? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they weren't into that. <laughs> they weren't impressed, but I think I gave you like a sort of like persuasion check to like take, you know, convince them that, you know, they wanted to talk to you and you kind of fumbled it. So it was like, well, okay, no, to them you're just a randomer who's walked up and is trying to get involved, so that's not happening. Yep. Um, I don't know where world. I was going to go with that, but like, it, it was just a case of like, okay, I need three or four different like little seeds here that like as we go i can just spin into something um and this guy who was like i think i don't know how i described him as like a guy like a he's like a dwarf was he a dwarf or was he a halfling i think he was another halfling he was a halfling yeah yeah who was just 
bothering two ladies, I think. Yeah, I think and, it was and basically it. And to be, for a change, strangely noble and step in if memory serves. Yeah, and yeah. Sort of like, hey, you want to do a, do a painting? You can paint me. And then force <laughs> it, which is always fun. Well, that was well, his kind of like play, wasn't it? To. Yeah, I, I, so the basic concept, I think, of the character in my mind, and to, to expand on it, is that he's sort of. In a in a non sinister way, is well known in at least in that pub or maybe in the area as like he's always got an angle. He's trying a new thing to try and pick up the ladies, kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and you just happen to run into him when his this month's current thing was like I'm going to put on this accent and pretend to be a painter, and ladies want to be painted surely. Because um, I think I even said like it was not a good painting. Like yeah, yeah, <laughs> it would stick for bigger yeah. levels. But like he's sense. so committed to the bit that he bought canvas and everything and paints and things and was gonna make a go of it. Like he was fully committed to like if he convinces somebody to come back to his small little hovel, like he was gonna try painting them. But like while continuing his sort of play and I, like and again, I'm I'm not thinking that he's like a sinister character. I mean, obviously, it is kind of a bit of a creepy thing to be like. I'm going to try and trick people into, you know, sleeping with me, whatever. But I, I kind of think of him kind of almost as a tragic comic character yeah. of like. He doesn't succeed. No. He's got Especially a, that lone factor. Yeah. yeah. Him, like, if he walks into the pub with a different accent, most people are going to raise an eyebrow and probably that <laughs> yeah. little smile after themselves as soon as he's walked away, like, oh my God, have you seen what he's doing this week? Yeah, yeah, basically, yeah. So he's kind of, is it, I can say it's kind of like a thing of like people roll their eyes and go, oh God, here we go again, kind of thing. <laughs> <laughs> I like that in in true terms he really was a struggling artist because he, he was struggling to create anything artistic. Yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> but I don't know, I just thought yeah, again, on the day my I think my idea of the character was just like okay, here's a guy who's he's a little halfling guy who's trying it on with these two ladies. He's put on an accent, he's pretending to be a painter. Um, I might not even have come, thought initially that he was pretending. It just then, as we went on, I was like, "It'd be funny if he wasn't really a painter, wasn't it?" Mm. Like, it'd be funny if this wasn't his real voice <laughs> as we were going, because I was doing like a, a fairly bad Antonio Banderas impression. Um, yeah, well, it, it started off when I mean, when when I when the characters met, he could easily have been legitimate, but yeah. then obviously you found the right wrinkles there to add some flavor to him and to actually create a, a scenario where it actually built up to something and it really did well here's the thing i think in my head i think it he was legitimate right up to the point where my my brain went be kind of funny if he was just like you know just like a local guy who's putting on an accent to try and do things but then you you charmed him and he stuck with the accent until the charm wore off and he realized that he'd been charmed yeah so i mean that's how my brain went it was like it's like be funnier if it was this so I i changed it in the moment kind of thing but I, th- I do think it is better this way that he's just this lo- kind of local guy who's just sort of like he's got it in his head. Like, no, this is a this is one of the great cities of the land. There's people coming through all the time, and I love the ladies, kind of thing. And like a sort of not in like a he's not as bad as Quagmire, kind of way. Yeah, I, I feel like it'd be the kind of thing that if you could get an honest conversation out of him and sit down and just be like, so why do you do what you do? He'd just be like, I, I, I've tried every trade. Nobody wants me. Like, I, I, can't <laughs> I just want to be loved. <laughs> yeah. Either that or he could be like along the lines. I mean, it's a bit of a weird reference perhaps, but 
Uh, do you remember the bit in Napoleon Dynamite where he talks about the fact that girls love guys with skills? He says something to the effect of, like, you've got, you've got to have skills. You've got to have some skills, otherwise the girls won't like you. And, and I kind of like that conceptually. It's just like, Ryang's convinced that, like, he wasn't even trying to be, like, dirty or anything. He was genuinely going to try and paint a picture of these girls. Yeah. But that was the limit of his talent. And that, like, had they actually been tricked into it, they'd have been way more disappointed than Bronze was, <laughs> yeah. that's for sure. Maybe he's convinced himself mm. that... Um, no one could love him for him. Yeah, and every week he tries something new, he tries a new trade, but because he's never dedicated to anything, he never sticks to anything, he's become this kind of running joke of like, oh, what's it this week, Riang? <laughs> so leave me alone, this week I'm a painter. <laughs> I must think and brood. <laughs> and then like sure five minutes later, you guys leave walk into the pub sort of thing. Mm-hmm. I like that. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that's, I think, as, as a character, it, it's probably someone you guys won't run into again. Or if you do, it'll be a, I'm not, you know, it'd be a funny thing of like, oh, he sees you coming and just packs up and leaves. <laughs> or or he's annoyed at you for, st- or, or maybe he forgets you. He's forgotten you completely. Maybe he strikes oh, out so often, he, he does so many run-ins with people who mess with him or whatever. They like completely forgotten. Yeah. <laughs> in fairness, th- th- that's probably going to haunt him in some way, shape, or form. I've never truly described what Prance is like under his robe, but I think I don't think we need to really go into like, yeah super. You know, he's, he's an aging man who's lived a hard life <laughs> and has played with a lot of fire. Well, that's, like, that'll probably inform thoughts. I like the thing as well as for you that painting is three days old and is nice and fresh, but who knows how long time has passed outside the bubble. Yeah. Um, but you know, <laughs> for you, like you, you, you ran away with the painting, went and hid down by the water, um, for a bit after you got in an argument with Enerday, mm. and then you, you, you guys went to, um, you went to Wild Meadow, and then you've been yeah, there from your point of view, not that long. Leave, leave scope for, I mean, I'll leave it in your hands. You yes. said we won't run into him, but that leaves scope. No, 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 I, I, I'm just thinking of like, it, it, what they're doing by now. It, it's a big city and it depends where you decide to go, when we pick it up or whatever. And yeah, what we end yeah. up doing with, um, you know, overarching story wise or whatever, you know, we'll see what happens. Um, we'll leave it at that. He's a, he's a, he's a minor NPC that was created as a joke. It was in one episode. <laughs> And this is this is the way characters happen to sort of eventually crop up in everything. Yeah, background characters in all kinds of TV shows eventually have an episode. Oh yeah, I mean The Simpsons is, you know, rife with characters who are in the background in season one, and then you jump forward ten seasons, and it's a whole episode with the sea captain or whatever. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Um. Okay. Um. How long have we been going? We've been going fifty minutes. Um. A brave hero who hides a secret past. I think I'm happy to sort of skip over this one for now. There's yeah. a lot of scope there. Um, yeah, it involves descri- we'd have to come up with a, a defining event for that person, and that involves creating history and all the rest of it, which we've yeah. already talked a lot about in terms of uh, setting up certain things. That might be one that, if I do get to it during, you know, when I'm writing up articles, I, I would have to sit down and basically think of something that 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 this is a character it's either a character from history or it's someone you guys haven't run into yet or it's something like that there's that's going to take a bit more work 
Yeah. Um, so a settlement known as a pleasure town or for Laosh behavior. Um, I mean, <laughs> I'm thinking kind of coast, coastal sort of like, I don't know, like holiday town kind of thing. Um, but then also a little bit further away from other stuff. So maybe, maybe we cross into, maybe we cross into a Charlotte for this one. Yeah. Um, you know, it's, it's, a, it's further in the south, maybe. Uh, not all the way to the south, because I haven't filled in a lot of dots or whatever. Um, but obviously things are going to be a bit warmer. Um, I have got the one named there, uh, Mare Blue. It's like a kind of coastal town. Maybe it's well known as like, oh, you know, this is, you know. <laughs> and the people, it, it's kind of like got legendary status of like, oh, you know, anything goes in Mare Blue. You know. It, it's the riser of our place. Yeah. <laughs> it's hard not to think in terms of those. Like, there are some fairly established things oh, yeah. within, like fiction and what have you, for like pleasure towns and what have you. But what's what's this? Is there a specific angle we could come up with to make it particularly like? Is it just a place that people go to and bang, basically, or is it <laughs> something a bit more esoteric than that? Is pleasure less defined by pleasures of the flesh, although that could be part of it, and could simply be that like. It's it's a place for leisure generally. Hmm. Like you can, I don't know, because sports and that kind of like arranged stuff, you'd have like village sports, I would expect, but I wouldn't expect there to be necessarily like in D and D land. Like there's no football, there's no baseball. I wouldn't have thought that's like spread across the world unless you want that to be. In which case, maybe you could have it where it's like, yeah, this is the place to go and do that thing. Well. I mean, we'd previously said that, like, the, the way a Shala works compared to Valana is a Shala is more sort of every kind of town has its sort of barren kind of thing. So while it is one nation, it's a bit, uh, it's kind of moving towards being a bit more of like a, you know, one cohesive nation. It, it does still have this kind of thing of like each town kind of almost sets its own sort of rules and things. That would make sense then for it to be. Yeah, for this pleasure yeah. town or this leisure town to be on that continent. I mean, and it is just, uh, I am thinking it is kind of like, it's, I mean, it's a seaside town, you know, in like a warmer part of the continent. Um, so there's plenty of kind of activities and things to do. It's in a fairly safe place, really. It's not, it's only sort of um, 40 miles from the Charlotte capital kind of thing. And, Maybe it, maybe the current Baron or whatever. This is maybe a more recent development, like the current Baron, um, whether he's a Baron or you know whatever he is, is is a bit more of a kind of I don't want to say fun loving guy because that just implies like a, a dude who likes like wacky shirts or whatever. Um, but I mean, like he is a bit more of a kind of hedonist kind of thing, and he has sort of almost put it about like my blue is the place to come if you want to. Um, if you want to, you know, let loose, we are open to all kind of thing. You know, he's sort of, um, he, he's almost kind of instructed his guards. Like, I don't know, take, you know, take it easy, boys. Sort of would thing. it be the kind of place then that would have kind of laws potentially to say, like, your faction worries, your fights, that stays at the door. If yeah. you're traveling to this place, then it's a known, like, this is a truce area. This is a 
we, we don't get involved with the fights. If you're coming here, it's just to relax. And we understand that in the middle of a long war, maybe the generals need to get away from the front line for a while. They're like, they, they could offer themselves as a sort of like Switzerland of leisure, almost. <laughs> I'm, I'm just kind of thinking of like a sort of, it's, it's generally like, like you say, a kind of people... Maybe people are coming here to sort of like escape some troubles, not not escape troubles like they're being chased. I mean, just like, you know, this is a nice place to just get away from it all mm-hmm. for a while. And maybe this Baron is just sort of like he he's still the guards still investigate like capital crimes. Like, you know, there's definitely like, you can't just turn up and be like, I'm going to go on a murder spree because you can do that here. Or like, I'm going to steal from people. You still can't, you know, thievery and things, you know, they're still against the law. Um. But there's a bit less judgment for most everything else, you know, and people kind of just let each other. Is it's this? It's more of a state of mind than anything else. Of like, okay, no, we can come here, and it's a, it's a, you know, this is a place to maybe let some of our social sort of um, social mores kind of like let our guard down a little bit, and just sort of yeah. Uh, there's a local nudist beach that, yeah, that kind yeah. of thing. That, that's what I'm thinking. <laughs> I mean, not specifically. I wasn't like, right, we're making a nudist beach. This is exactly where we're going with this <laughs> prompt. But um, you know what I mean? Like, this is a bit of a sort of like, okay, it's a, hey, we're in my blue, anything goes kind of thing. Yeah. You know? You, you might find, like, a lot of good pipeweed shops in this place, that kind of thing. <laughs> or like, a lot of things that might be, like, habits in other locations are just kind of like, yeah, it's, it's all good here, that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah, they're a bit more relaxed on sort of that kind of stuff sort of thing like provided you're not hurting anybody it's pretty cool here sort of thing and maybe as a result like uh, there are more neighboring ones like you know they'll say they're not too far from um eternity i don't know i just put accents on ease um <laughs> uh, the the capital of charlotte and maybe there is like a bit of a sort of disapproving sort of like uh, you know I wish these people would act a bit more civilized kind of thing, but like, it, you know, while at the same time going there themselves and partaking yeah, sort of thing. Um, but, you know, it has got the sort of reputation of like, this is the place to go to unwind sort of thing. And without judgment, you know, obviously that sort of, especially I'm thinking like, well, we've previously talked about kind of a Charlotte being like a land of kind of, uh, royal courts and there's a lot of you know courtly intrigue and that and everything so I mean it would make sense that, you know a place where intrigue isn't so I don't know you need a place to get away from it all I guess is what I'm saying well I mean in, in terms of like a place that lasts for long enough there's always going to be the factor of like if people are getting trashed in this place and it becomes known as a place to cut loose that eventually loose lips are going to lead to information passing hands and that mm. perhaps Lord of the Land has a little side business on that front or something like that where for the right amount of money and with the right connections you can have a chat with him and find out what the local print, uh, local Baron's son did when he visited that kind of thing so oh, yeah, he might yeah, be yeah. away in like use that, but it would all be hush hush. It's all going to be mm. under the table, like, and only at the highest levels because you can't have the common man knowing that they can't just relax and cut loose. Otherwise, you'll never get that information. Yeah, like he does legitimately have this sort of thing of like, oh, I, I, you know, I like my place being a place people can relax and that. But at the same time, like you say, he's sort of he's got ears everywhere. Yeah, there's got to be a way of maintaining power within that structure. Then, yeah, because he, kind of 
information brokerage trade would be the angle yes which gets him leverage at, at court and everything and things and yeah so it is a bit of like a sort of with one hand offering you know sort of offering um relaxation while at the same time harvesting your data mm. <laughs> that might be where you'd have some of those sort of like people that would be seen as moralizers in the public eye potentially might have more insight to be like no this is why we shouldn't be going there we shouldn't be indulging this like there, there would mm. be certain rivals that would be like no that place I, I would never let anybody from my lands go to there because i know what happens yeah i think that's a good that's a good thing to build on there i think mm. i don't think we need to go into any more depth than that just as a, a place of like you know for most people it is just gonna be a relaxing place and that but like there, there's obviously certain people he's gonna want to find out what he can about what they're up to and things and this is a perfect sort of front for that of like oh, people come here they let their guard down they have a couple of drinks they maybe let a few words slip about what they've got planned over the next year in terms of things and now i know about it too that's it yeah it, it, it would have both the the genuine aspect of people going there for true relaxation but then there's going to be that little angle where it's it's always there's always a little bit of darkness in the light as it were mm, for sure yeah um yeah i think that, that that that's pretty much a good starting point for that one um so there's three more to, to kind of go into depends if you if you want to look at um come up with something for all of them um uh, a unit or squad who guards an important person i mean we we talked about the dwarven king i think just having like his personal guard i think I'll come up with some stuff for that, maybe. We don't need to... I don't know. I feel like the choices that you can make on that kind of stuff in terms of defining it would be like, what's the fighting style? What's mm. the regiment? How how do they train? Like, It's all kind of very specific to how they're militarized and how they're above the other units, as it yeah. were. Like, why are they the personal retinue of, a, of an individual? Yeah. Call them like the deep seers or something. Although that's a bit more of a kind of mystical sort of mystical sort of feel to that but you know that like yeah they're they're always the deep watch or something i don't know yeah yeah something along those lines yeah um a renowned pirate highwayman or other criminal <laughs> so i mean like, yeah i mean we could do it at highwayman but i kind of like the idea of like coming up with a, a rival pirate for pete smiles um okay. i don't know what do you think with Pete Smiles being kind of like a, a slightly tongue-in-cheek <laughs> character, I think, will be fair to say. Yeah. yeah. Are we staying in that that frame frame of mind for a rival, I suppose? Yes. I think, um, you know, once you hit the high seas, there's room for ridiculousness. <laughs> I, th I think that on, in that case, then, we need to be going for, like, polar opposite archetype type stuff, where it's going to be, like, the dread pirate something, and he's, he's going to be angry and upset all the time. Like, Pete Smiles is the nicest guy on the oceans. There's got to be the nastiest. Well, I was thinking that also as well, you've got... Uh, he, he's kind of... Um, yeah, like you say, he's the nicest guy on the ocean or whatever. I don't know if that really came across when I was playing him on the theme, but, like, yeah, I was... Uh, yeah, that was kind of what we're going for, wasn't it? I mean... Cars on the table, I think we said before. He grew out of a Jackbox joke. <laughs> of all things to have spawned a character, yeah. I mean, look, that's Robert happened a few times. Yeah. And, and nothing. I mean, really, there is no foundation for it. Pete Smiles was just something that somebody said that made all of us laugh pretty damn hard because it was so stupid. <laughs> yeah. But I'm picturing... I don't know what it's... Where I've seen it. I might even be thinking a hook. But, like, a sort of 
properly kind of done up again to dip back into the Ashala nobility thing, but like face powdered sort of curly wigs. Yeah, like curly wigs kind of um Ooh. sort of yeah. His his like kind of counterpart kind of thing who thinks he he doesn't have he's he's not kind of doing it properly sort of thing. <laughs> hmm. So ad- admirals and like ranks come to mind when it comes to that kind of an individual. Yeah. Although still like a maybe he maybe he used to be in the Ashalan Navy and he took his ship and his men and they deserted and now they ply the high seas with an inflated sense of self importance. Yeah. Oh, I'm trying to think. I don't necessarily have like a name for him, but like would the title Free Admiral work, do you think? Free Admiral. Yeah, like it's just, well it's gonna be like a self self proclaimed yeah. title. So Yeah, and that kind of captures a grandiose kind of like I have loosed myself from the chains of authority. I am mm. now the authority. I am the admiral. <laughs> but then I'm also thinking of like a sort of stereotypical like French name kind of thing. Mm. Like, this is the kind of vibe we want to go for. Um, mm, I'm just racking my brain for like a good kind of like slightly punny name on like yeah being in a bad mood or being an asshole. That that something on that that line. Well, or even like a kind of slightly silly sort of sounding name, but like he, which he is kind of. Uh, the, the the sort of classic thing of like it sounds silly to everyone else, sort of thing, but he doesn't see what the joke is. The old hyacinth bouquet. <laughs> yeah, well, that or like uh, what's in um, Life of Brian? <laughs> Biggest dickus. <laughs> Biggest dickus. <laughs> um, yeah, but like the the uh, free admiral. Uh, the, I don't know. Yeah, this is hard. Oh, Again, we're, we're putting ourselves on the spot to come up with a name on that, but like, I think, yeah, coming up with like a, a rounded concept, I think, is more important here. Yeah. Um, as we've got so many prompts and that, like, coming up with good starting points, I think, is the name of the game here. And yeah. So in broad strokes, then. So we've got the, we've got the idea of like the, this guy has loosed himself from the authority, and he's a mm. rival to Peace Smile. So. Like, if he's got nobody to back him and he's got to run a ship, then is he effectively, like, is he somebody that would once have fought against pirates who has effectively become one but is in denial? Yeah. Yeah. Like, he's 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 just seeing himself as a renegade who's, you know, the, the, those pencil pushers, they, didn't, they wouldn't let me do what needs to be done, so now I'm doing it on my own kind of thing. But in practice, he's, he's almost as bad a pirate as the other guy because he, he sees it as, like, I'm just taking what I need to take to continue fight these awful pirates. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> kind of thing where it's like they would raid like yeah. coastal towns for supplies and stuff. Yeah, we're, we're they call it. We're requisitioning these. Yeah, we're requisitioning these supplies. You know, I, I do not recommend that you stop us from this, but which is practicality exactly the <laughs> same as what the pirates are doing. Exactly, sort of thing. But he's in in his head is not seeing it that way. He's seeing it like he's carrying on the good fight. Um, what you know, what his government wouldn't let him do. I don't necessarily have a forename, but how does Glower work for a surname? Glower, Re Admiral Glower. 
because glowing, oh, glowing, glowing smiles yeah that kind of like evil look about it but it's got like it's it's an obscure enough word and it's got a kind of like surname quality to it yeah yeah that kind of works um just trying to rack in my brain for more but that, that's the one that hmm oh oh <laughs> how's this then right right okay. yeah if you, if you give him the forename sally <laughs> and that he's not in any way, shape, or form thinking of it as a woman's name. He sees no, no issue with it. But very few people know that his name is Sally, and he says he has no issue with people like knowing this, but he doesn't it, really make it known that that's his name. He doesn't and put it about Pete no. knows this, and that Pete occasionally will let slip to somebody that he knows Ad- Free Admiral Glower's first name, and that <laughs> when that goes around... It eventually gets back to him, and it's kind of like, oh, I know who told them. Oh, that, 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 that beats Miles. Zachary <laughs> 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 Blow. <laughs> yeah, no, I like that as I think. Like I say, so he is kind of almost like a self-declared nemesis of him mm. sort of thing. And it's for a really arbitrary reason, because this is really kind of like a guy who had authority who's now kind of lost his shit. Perhaps it really is a personal thing, though, that like when he still was reporting to the um the 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 kingdom he um he was in pursuit of Pete Smiles who just eluded him and they got away with it until next time admiral haha you know like he crippled the ship or something and sailed away <laughs> and oh, if you maybe smiles pulled some daring maneuver yeah and that's yeah, what i'm talking about yeah, yeah more than one ship or something something that's going to lose make the guy lose his admiralty where it's like this was such a failure yeah and like he pulled some real r- ridiculous jack sparrow shit and yeah. disgraced glower who was called back to the capital um but refused to go because he sees it as like, no, I must hunt down this, you know, rapscallion who has done this wrong, you know, who has um, disgraced me so, just, you know. And, you know, his men were with him because, you know, they were like, oh, no, we're, we're, we're with you, Admiral, you know. We will, you know, we'll, we'll hunt down Smiles and put his awful crew to the sword and all this. Mm-hmm. And in the process, they sort of, you know, Abandoned, but you know they, they don't know that they. No, they do know that you know they deserted. Basically, maybe there were a few who were like, "Oh no, Admiral, you know this. You know we've been called back. We must return to the capital." And he's going to. If you're not with us, then we'll put you in a dinghy and good luck to you, sort of thing. Mm. Um, well, if he's that friendly, yeah. <laughs> always, always, always saying, "Oh, mutiny is it?" And you hold them. Yeah. <laughs> So yeah, it, it really did start as like it's this is a big personal nemesis vendetta going on. That like Pete Smiles really did a number on him. And it it's sort of like he sees red variant, you know, and he's just like he it, it's like a it's it's Pete Smiles is his, you know, Moby Dick's white whale kind of thing. He must stop him yeah. sort of thing. And he's just stalking the seas trying to find him. Yeah. Trying to get leads. And occasionally he comes close, but like Pete Smiles is, you know, he he's uh, he's the world's greatest pirate, <laughs> and he's now in possession of the Tide Blade as well, so he can control water. Um, That's pretty good as far as like, yeah. okay, let, let's make the ocean push him away, and yeah, let's I, go uh, I, away from it the other direction. I may have made that artifact a bit overpowered, to be honest. <laughs> but, well, whatever, yeah. 
but it's yeah so this is a sort of ongoing rivalry this is of our you know our pirate movie thing that we never (laughs) we never see yeah i'm into it yeah i dig it okay where's the guy there's a good starting point there um so the final one that a building associated with crime or justice um i don't know i mean we could just sort of talk about the era i could sort of talk about the era veil jail with that an article about that and talk about and sort of mention the events that happened there before and things but then that does seem a little bit sort of that's a little bit of a sort of odd note to end this on really like and we'll just yeah we'll talk about (laughs) one building but like a a generic jail cell well the thing is though the the prompt is right about a building it's not usually like it's like high courts that, that kind of stuff yeah and that, i mean that's that's kind of a whole side of the sort of way that the the setting is run that i haven't really put any thought into to be honest yeah, yeah. crime and punishment's one of those angles that i don't think uh, probably if our characters ran into it, it wouldn't be a good thing necessarily for us to find somebody in authority that might take issue with what what we choose to do mm. um I mean, obviously, there's, we've already established there's jails and, like, there's a city watch or, you know, the town watch in Erevel was, like, two blokes and mm. that. Um, you know, it's a small village, you know, you're just going to have a local copper sort of thing. Um, yeah. But I in- guess in, in the bigger places, there might be, like, the likes of an infamous prison, like a Tower of London type place. Oh, there is. Or- the, the crag. We had the crag. Yes, um, the crag, of course. But, I mean, I guess there would be some kind of, like you say, like a kind of high court in the larger place so maybe in each region so maybe Aravale sends its I mean I might have even said about it, it sends its any p- prisoners it might get to Lorana to face judgment maybe mm-hmm. so there is maybe like a court which I don't know whether that's going to be sort of if, 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 if we come up with the concept of judges or whether that is something that's like one of the, the sort of local lords responsibilities mm. might depend on the day to some yeah. extent, probably depends on the crime as well. Yeah, I mean, you're going to have the likes of like uh, vandalism, petty crime, the, the kind of stuff yeah. where the cop is going to catch you. I would expect in in this era, it'd be more like you're going to get clobbered around the head with a cautious. <laughs> well, there'd done... be like a that... there'd be like a magistrate who just deals with that kind of stuff. But the bigger crimes, a full court is convened with the the duke overseeing it or something. Things get complicated as well in terms of like crime and punishment, where there's going to be a lot of um, spell casting potential to effectively negate a lot of the formal proceedings that we would need to have in mm. our courts, where really you just need a trained wizard or somebody with capacity to cast the right spells to persuade or get the truth out of people. This is a and, totally different spin on the court wizard. Yeah, it's almost like... They're the lawyers after a fashion, but instead of interrogating and kind of like cross-examining, they would instead be kind of like counterpointing each other's spells and being like, okay, so you've told him to tell the truth about this particular thing, but the way you asked him to tell the truth meant that there was space for him to incriminate himself, so I'm going to ask him another question. Yeah, I mean, the zone of truth is a spell. (laughs) I'm chuckling the idea, I am your court-appointed sorcerer, defending (laughs) you today. I mean, I, really, I mean, it, as I say, I think logistically that just has to be a thing within the, the framework yeah. of the legality. Like, it has to be taken into account because you can't have a, a courtroom full of your average, like, normal people that can't do any magic and they're trying to, like, 
um, do something against a sorcerer because as you say like anybody with magical capacity would be able to walk in and enthrall the room probably mm. and that means there needs to be some kind of like authoritative magical presence within the room yes whether yeah, no, that means you could then potentially have a building where that's built into it i don't know well maybe then i mean as a um as a thing for this prompt then it, uh, if we're looking at a specific building for it i, w I would probably build like the, the courts of justice in lagrana or something huh. um and then there's plenty of scope in there to include in the description things like wizards quarters or whatever and the court we, you know we can we can touch on all these things in that and then expand them to other articles as we go sort of thing i've got an idea just in terms of taking this magical stuff like a little bit further with the building um and tell me if you think this is too much but i kind of like the concept of because you could enchant an item you could enchant an item with some level of like there is the truth field or mm. whatever built into it but it's not like a constant like it, it's not actually 100 percent on all the time it's more like this is some kind of like variant on the spell where say my thinking is maybe you could have an enchanted cornerstone of the building and that this cornerstone has this version of the spell on it and it's like you tell a lie and you feel physically ill a little bit like your stomach turns and that like there, there would be something built into it where like it's not necessarily painful but there would be some indicator if somebody's lying all the time that you would just see it like you'd walk into that uh, maybe a room a given room so that it's not such a huge field or something like that hmm. and that this would be a place to sort of i guess it's an interrogation room after a fashion but it wouldn't even necessarily be like a well yeah yeah, I mean, the way Zone of Truth works is it literally compels you to tell the truth. But then the mm -hmm. caster knows that you haven't... If, if you save from it, the caster knows that you've saved from it. Mm -hmm. um, so it that would maybe be a thing of, like, I'm thinking less... Like, part of the do you swear to tell the truth, the whole truth, nothing but the truth, is to have Zone of Truth cast. Because <laughs> mm -hmm. they'll know then if you're like, hey, no, no, you need to go along with this, or it doesn't look good, you know... That's not a good look to be resisting our zone of truth spell. I was just thinking in terms of, sorry, just to bring it back to the cornerstone and yeah. again, tell me if you think it's crap, but like the idea that you can have more than one building like this, that it's somewhere, somebody somewhere produces the cornerstones mm -hmm. and is the enchanter and that this is part of the legal system. And then maybe like, I, I just in terms of like out there ideas for like a storyline or something, trying to track down the guy who makes the cornerstones. If you're playing as like bad guy characters, trying to fuck with the legal system, that kind of stuff. Yeah. I think, I mean, that's quite a, com a com I mean, to what you described there of like a, a thing that when you tell a lie, you feel sick. It's quite a complicated magical enchantment type thing. Into in D and D terms. Kind of like such a specific, well, specific homebrews i guess like it's to create flavor more yeah than anything. yeah and even then just being that feeling of being sick is like i'm just throwing that out there is like maybe it's a little twinge in the head a headache your eye twitches so there's something that would like potentially give you away to somebody else and that you would feel constant discomfort if you were the person that was lying all the time hmm okay that's but something again, to that's, think about that's at least my concept like it yeah yeah i love to think on that i think because that's I say that adds a kind of another sort of twist to it of like, is that part of the punishment or whatever? Or is this like a, like you said, a, a kind of thing to make people tell the truth in the court kind of thing? Um, mm -hmm. Yeah. 
I mean, in terms of sort of magical things you would have associated, I mean, there would be sort of, you would imagine the cells themselves would have enchantments on them to be like, no, you can't just, you can't just teleport out of here. You can't, yeah. you know. The, the cage is a little bit more than just a cage. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot to go on there, I think. Okay. As, as a sort of, as, as a starting point, we've got a few things I can incorporate into a building. And like I say, if, I, if I'm going to go to the, like the, I don't know what we'll call it, like the high courts or whatever, <laughs> Hall of, the Hall of Justice, um, in, uh, I, I'll probably do Lorana rather than Valane. Um, but each city's going to have, it will have a, an equivalent, I think. Um, mm-hmm. I'm probably only doing Lorana because it's closer to where you guys are. But just on the off chance, so then I've at least got like an extra thing built out. <laughs> Not saying yeah. that you'll go there or anything. This isn't a spoiler thing. It's just like it, it's helpful to me if there's a city that you might end up going to when we get back to it. If I have more things ready, basically. Yeah, that um, makes sense. Yeah. Um, other than just like, ah, oh, I, I guess there's a pub here and a shop. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know, <laughs> I wasn't prepared for this. <laughs> um. But yeah, that is all of the gold prompts. So I think we got a lot okay. to sort of go on there. Um, a lot of things to do. If, if I, yeah, I mean, I'm going to try my best, like I said at the start, to um, to at least get the, the the copper badge for this, which is to complete ten of the prompts. I mean, over the, these last few episodes, we've kind of gone through basically. Well, we have gone through all of them. Um, if not, come up with something for all of them. At least, sort of most of them come up with like a starting point. So it's kind of on me at this point to uh, <laughs> go through and actually write an article. It only needs to be 300 words. Um, so they're all things I can go back to later and expand on sort of thing. It's yeah. just the um, the matter of actually sitting down and going, right, okay, let's write this one and let's write this one and let's write this one. And yeah, um, it's very warm at the well. moment and my brain doesn't always engage. So mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think that, that's pro- pretty much going to be it for today, I think. I mean, we've got one more, like I say, there's one more uh, prompt left to be revealed, but that is not until Friday the 30th, which is obviously going to be after our release date for if we were doing one next week. So I don't know. My my re- original thought was like, okay, so we get, we'll, we'll do episodes for these, you know, copper silver and gold and maybe the fourth one will do like a sort of look back but i mean looking back on all the things it's just be a case of going back through what we've already gone back through so who knows we, we might be back next week um with another one or um i mean this is like i say four weeks in a row here we've done pretty well um yeah yeah okay. but anyway yes we thank you so much everybody for for tuning in today uh, thanks for joining me again and as always eden um so yeah, I say we we might be back next week. Uh, it might be in a couple of weeks. Um, things are <laughs> we're still we're still in that COVID limbo, despite all of the um, the the restrictions nominally being dropped and stuff. So we'll see what comes next. Um, but yeah, thanks everybody who's tuned in throughout this month for uh, our sort of play along with the uh, summer camp twenty twenty one. Event. Uh, if you want to uh, check out any of the other articles and things that we've written and just sort of look at anything to do with our um, world, um, you can, I think if you type, we, we've done this every time, haven't we? We're trying to figure out the, the easiest way of getting to it. Um, yeah. A Google search for pretending with dice seems to be one of the best methods for finding a majority of things. Yeah, I think if you Google um, pretending with dice world anvil, that should get you there. Yeah. Easy ish uh yes first result yeah um <laughs> so yeah google pretending with dice world anvil uh that'll get you to our page 
um I will, I think, also link it in the in the tweets for when I <laughs> release this one. Um, as always, though, as we said earlier, we've got our sort of separate world building channel on our um, on our Discord server, so please do join us on there. Um, the link in our Twitter bio and on the uh, contact page on our Podbean site. Uh, in the meantime, uh, yes, as always. We're on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Pretend With Dice. One of these days, I will remember to post on Instagram again. Um, but uh, but yeah, I think that pretty much covers it. Um, you can find me at Monkey Magic Eden on Twitter and Twitch. Um, occasionally streaming things, doing uh, Talisman recent Saturdays, as well as Clone Hero, and uh, getting near the end of Disco Elysium. But hmm. that might be done by the time this podcast comes out. We shall see. Yeah. Well, that's another reason for people to join our Discord server. You can join us in uh, video games. Uh, as I said, mentioning Talisman has been with some people from our Discord server. So, yeah, get on there, get involved. All right, well, uh, we will, as I say, see you all next time. Uh, thanks so much for joining us. We'll catch you later. Bye.